Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Muse. Written by Luke Condor. Narrated by Josh Curran. It blinks at me. A single vertical black line, in and out of existence. Creation and destruction in full view, as if to say, look how easy it is. Look how easy it is to create. The blinking cursor only highlights how empty the word document is. How little I've written. I flick over to my emails and reread the one from James, my editor. Only a thousand words or so, it says. Just keep it simple. I can't wait to read it. Neither can I. I think as my computer dings and another email arrives. Again from James. Just checking that you're going to be okay to hit this deadline. Need to get it tomorrow at the latest. I close the mail app and turn to look at my empty studio room. I search for inspiration in the uneven walls and in the loose threads of the carpet. There's nothing but a white coat of paint and a tightening in my chest as the anxiety returns. My breath quickens as I close my eyes. I try to relax my face. Fuck me, I say as I open my eyes and turn back to the blank document. Just fucking write something. Anything. I place my fingers to the keyboard and I type. Francis picked up the gun. No, I delete. That's shit, 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 shit. I start slamming my finger against the delete key, deleting words that aren't even there. The document is empty again. My fingers tighten. Fuck! I shout as I stand and clench my fists so hard my nails almost pierce the skin of my palms. I pick up my phone and go to launch it at the wall, but a noise outside my window stops me. A cawing some distant bird. 
I look outside at the park behind my building, but I don't see anything. Hear it again. I imagine for a second that I am the bird. That I'm some winged animal of death, ripping apart my mousy prey with my talons, trapping bits of its entrails between my toes as the hot spray of death fills my nostrils. For a second I feel relief. I feel calm. I feel... Ding! Another email. I take a deep breath and check, secretly hoping that James has found a replacement, that he doesn't need me, that I'm free to fly away until next time, if he'd even consider me again after this shit show. I click on the email. Not from James. It's Sarah. The kind of, sort of, girlfriend from my writer's group. Fancy a beer? It says. Going out to see some friends at that Cuban place. Do I fancy a beer? Of course, I should say no. Of course, I should stay at home and concentrate on this writing and at least scrape together some semblance of a first draft. Of course, I shouldn't get dressed, go out to see Sarah and her two vet student friends who are sweet and lost and who buy me drinks. We definitely shouldn't drink shots of tequila, guzzle lager and eat chimichangas until three in the morning where I cry myself home along the empty Monday night streets until I find my way to my flat where I tumble inside suggesting racist to the concierge before falling flat on my apartment floor. No. Of course I shouldn't. But I still did. A night of pulsing gasps and laughter passed in what seemed to be a blink of an eye and I was back at home, lying on my bed, face to the ceiling, with the same amount of fuck-all words written and even less of a mind to write them. I hiccup and hold back my sizzling stomach and my spinning head. It's dark outside now. It's dark all around. As I fall asleep, I hear the bird outside. It's sharp enough to pierce through my drunken fog as I drift. And then I open my eyes. I try to breathe. But the air is sandpaper against my dry throat. I sit up. I'm still in my room, but it's changed. The uneven walls are taller. Carted floor is thick and syrupy and sticks to my clothes and pulls on the skin of my feet. And the windows. Where did my windows go? I stand up and walk over to my laptop computer, still on a desk, wearing away. It clicks into life, and the screen fills with static. I hear the call, but it's different now. Much louder. Metal scratching against metal. I hear the call again, and I realise that it's coming from behind me. I turn, but there's nothing there. I hold my breath. The door to the apartment is so far away I can hardly see it. It's draped in thick, vicious shadows that cover the side of the flat. I turn back to the laptop. In the static I see shapes, I see a blinking cursor, and then... Something moves in the glare of the laptop screen. I turn, but again there's nothing. I strain my eyes to the shadows and I see it. Eye. The dank, yellowing shades of its iris around the black hole of a pupil. The thing darts left to right to left and back to me. Hello? I say. The eye moves again. It locks onto me. The shadowy creature breathes, lifts its arms and its black cape to its sides. It shudders and then steps forward. It caws loudly, 
and the sound works its way into my heart, stopping it for a second. Who? Who are you? I say as I back myself into the corner of the room, hiding behind the side of my computer desk. The static of the laptop continues to hiss. Hello? The creature speaks unlike anything I've heard before. Its voice is deep and airy. It shakes itself again and the deep flutters make me realise that it's not holding a cape. No. It has giant feathery wings. So big the thought of what hides in the shadows pushes me down to the floor. Hello. I rub my eyes. This isn't real, I tell myself. This isn't real. The giant bird takes another step forward, each part of it forever in jittery motion. Hello. It says again as it steps into the light, revealing its yellowing beak the size of my head, a series of violent ridges that end in a sharp point, painted in old bloodstains that blend into the tawny feathers of its neck. It jerks to one side to get a better look at me. I am yours. What do you want? What do you want? I say. Please, what do you want from... With one flap of its wings, the bird jumps to me and pecks at my foot, shin, and then the knee. Three blasts of electric pain shoot through my leg as the cracking of my bones deafens me. (laughs) Please, please! I turn over, spitting the gathered saliva from my mouth onto the floor. I try to crawl myself into the corner of the room. I know it's futile, but I try anyway. Somewhere in my mind, I think that if I can just keep crawling, it might leave me be. It only seems to spur the bird on, though, as it pecks at my back. Hello. It says it presses something into my kidneys. I can't quite make out what it is. Three fingers that puncture skin and dip into me. I feel it pushing against the inside of my stomach. Hello. I scream as wet meat peels away from my back and the bird pecks at my head again and again until one final crushing blow that splits my skull and opens my mind. Grey mush that makes up my soul tumbles out like rotting spaghetti in a broken tin. I cease to know. I cease to be. You're welcome. The bird says as the computer's hissing washes over me and throughout the flat. You're welcome. I wake up. I breathe. Stretch. Press my fingers against my eyes. I sit up. It's early, still dark outside. I touch my head, walk over to the mirror and scan my back and my leg. The skin is smooth and untouched. Yet, for some reason I still hold the memory of the dream as if it were real. The mental scarring of a distant traumatic event. I wander aimlessly and slump down at my computer. And as if my fingers are acting autonomously, they start to tap on the grubby coffee-stained keys. I write. I write. I keep writing, not stopping, as my mind whirs away and the ideas fall away from me. And I keep going, barely noticing the distant cawing outside my window. I keep going until I write those two sweet words. The end. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Muse was written by Luke Condor and rated by Josh Curran with music by Tom Robson. 
We've just released our first print edition of The Other Stories. It collects all of the stories from the first three volumes of the show, with an extra thrown in just for you. It's available from all good Amazons, and you'll find a direct link in the show notes for this episode. If you enjoyed the episode immensely, then why not go and leave us a review in the iTunes store and help spread the word, the love, and the joy. Until next time.